Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Only a few weeks remain before Governor Greitens' felony case goes to trial. We'll go behind the headlines to find out where it all stands now, and now that new charges have been added against him. Joining me in studio is St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman. Rachel, good to have you with us. It's always a pleasure to be on Slota with you, Don. There are a lot of legal balls being juggled right now in the Greitens case. Yes, they are, and it's uh, becoming very interesting to try and keep track of all of them, which one's going where. They're crossing over into each other in in Mm. weird ways, so yeah. It's been a juggling act. Uh, well, depositions are the key word of today anyway. Uh, there's been a new, a new deposition ordered in this case for next week. Yes. Um, Al Watkins, who is representing the ex-husband who of the woman who is at the center of this case, has been ordered to disclose to investigators, for I'm pretty sure the defense team, where he re- the source of a $100,000 payment that he received for the ex-husband to cover the legal bills associated with this case. This is something we know that that the special house committee is also interested in finding out if it came from an individual who might have an interest in this case, either uh, to have the governor moved out of office or in some, uh, you know, has some outside interest in seeing this allegation and these cases go forward. So he will have to answer the question about it, even though he has argued it's protected by attorney-client privilege. And he may advance that argument in a deposition and refuse to answer. Well, a deposition was scheduled for yesterday with this Bella Tisby, who was an investigator for the circuit attorney, Kim Gardner. Uh, He refused to answer any questions. So where does that leave us? What's the impact here? I don't know. Um, I don't know if his failure to answer questions rules him out as a witness and would therefore rule out anything that he has collected in terms of interviews. It's my understanding that he was not necessarily involved in evidence collection in the way you would think of a police officer picking things up from the the, the, the scene and, and cataloging them. But I'm just not familiar enough with, you know, rules of evidence. Evidence, what you'll usually hear of is fruit of the poison tree, that if a search warrant is bad, everything acquired under that search warrant, to know if his failure to have the second deposition and to answer questions in it bodes ill in any way, shape, or form for the prosecution. I would guess the defense team will advance that argument in motions, that you will see them argue again, this case needs to be dismissed, he's not turning over evidence, but legally speaking, I don't know the consequences for this case. And of course, if he talked to the women a woman in the case, uh, she would be impacted by this and anything she said to him. I don't know if she is impacted, again, as I mentioned, individually in any Mm. sort of criminal way. Um, Most of what they have used his evidence that he is apparently that he is alleged to have not turned over properly is to sort of impeach her credibility. But in terms of whether she is legally implicated in anything, I don't think so. She is just a the alleged victim in this case who has been interviewed and deposed by both the prosecute well interviewed by the prosecution, deposed by the defense team. She is, you know. As, as far as we know, and there's never been any indication involved in saying he did not take notes, he did not turn over the video dictating what he did. So I, I don't see a path, just from my understanding of this, where she could be criminally implicated in mm-hmm. anything that uh, William Tisby does or doesn't do. But the court wants more from her now. 
The her court phone. has the court wants more from its phone. Um, she will have to turn over her phone for forensic examination on Monday. As far as I understand, this was just a date certain for something that we were expecting to come. They want to know uh, and look at potential text messages exchanged between her and the governor. The the Greitens uh, team also wants this fellow Tisby uh, excluded from the case altogether, don't they? I am not aware of of that. Was there a case in, spe- in specific, the, the invasion of privacy or the second case? The, the first case, the invasion of privacy. I don't think they have the ability to uninvolve him from the case. He's a, prosecu- mm-hmm. a prosecution hire. Um, they, the sanction that they have been asking for is to have everything thrown out. What Burleson said was you can redepose him. You can ask him questions again. You can ask the woman questions again because evidence hasn't been turned over appropriately. But it, they just they want the case thrown out. Yeah. He's a prosecution hire, though. Okay. Well, uh, have, has the uh, other deposition with him been scheduled yet? Do we have any information on that? Uh, I don't know if they have scheduled a third deposition mm. with him. But as you mentioned, the second deposition, he did not mm. answer it, questions. It, it was a bust. Well, the Greitens team also wants Kim Gardner uh, off the case. Well, this is off of a second case. Mm-hmm. So last Friday at about 5.30, when we all thought we were done for the weekend, huh. she announced not entirely unexpectedly charges related to the use, alleged misuse of his charity's donor list for political purposes. There's sort of two theories of the case here going on. Both of them are under a statute on computer tampering, which basically is they took this information from a computer that they weren't authorized to have first theory of this case is that it was taken from this specific computer. The second theory is that the um, it doesn't name a specific computer or a specific mm-hmm. individual, but just says that an unidentified person disclosed it and the governor should have known that that was something inappropriate. The defense team, who we think will be very similar in terms of um, makeup to his uh, in the first trial, um, is arguing that essentially this is a political prosecution to distract from the problems with the first case. And because Tisby is involved in both of these cases, evidence is already tainted and we already know that this is being done for political purposes. As of it is 1215-ish, we have not seen a ruling from Burleson on this particular motion to disqualify the prosecution team and have a special prosecutor handle the computer tampering case. It's, it's really following the bouncing ball, isn't it? And uh, there's Venn diagrams <clears throat> and bouncing balls yeah. and yeah. And they want a special a special uh, prosecutor in the, uh, to replace Gardner, isn't that correct? Yes, they want to bring in a special prosecutor, uh, an outside individual to handle the case. But they also specifically say that they do not want Attorney General Josh Hawley to be the special prosecutor, which is sort of the third arena in which all of these balls are bouncing. So I think we're up to maybe nine-dimensional chess yeah, right. slash juggling at this point. The Greitens people still want him recused altogether and are calling for a special investigator to replace him. Yes. So there was a mm-hmm. hearing earlier this week on a temporary restraining order blocking Hawley from further investigating Greitens. They say that Hawley's demand that uh, – Greitens resign after the release of the House report means that they cannot investigate him fairly in related cases. Again, as of 1215, no ruling from a Cole County judge on whether uh, Hawley can continue to investigate Greitens. Again, this is related to we are 
pretty sure, based on the motion, these Mission Continues charity donor lists. The Kansas City Star reported earlier that Hawley has turned over more evidence to the Cole County prosecutor. This is the the, uh, county where Jefferson City is for potentially additional charges related to this Mission Continues donor list. This is reportedly around filing false campaign finance reports, possibly that the person who is named as having provided this list in the first place as a gift was not actually the person who provided this list. Is there any sense of when this uh, there could be a trial in the second case, the donor case? The, The first hearing for anything related not to a motion in this case is set for uh, May 22nd. That could get bumped depending on what happens in the first trial or if a special prosecutor has to come and take over. I I can't even become close to speculating on when we might see any kind of movement on that particular case other than this motion to disqualify. This is a little bit uh, off your track, but uh, what what do we know about the, the House investigation at this point? Any new developments there? Sure. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, the special committee added two attorneys to their staff is beefing up whether just for workload or for potential drafting of articles of impeachment out of this committee. We don't know precisely what it, uh, they're going to be doing, but it's a couple of very experienced jurists coming on, including a former chief judge of the uh, Supreme Court of Missouri, Chief Justice, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. he, there's only one justice I'm like to be, there's only one just, uh, source for justice I'm often told because the Supreme Court ju- chief judge is a justice. We also know that the Speaker of the House said yesterday in his wrap-up press conference that well over a majority of the members of his party in the House chamber have signed on to a petition for a special session after um, the end of the regular session. And that's key because calling a special session requires three-fourths of the chamber to be involved. We suspect that this would be to take some kind of disciplinary action against the governor. And you have to think that if three-quarters of the chamber is agreeing to sign on for a special session that they know is for either impeaching or censuring or in some way disciplining the governor, that you have the votes to do whatever punishment is being asked for. Can't imagine what the governor might be going through. And of course, we don't know. But he's made so many enemies in the state legislature that uh, he's got to be looking at this with uh, very nervously. You know, if I don't know, I I, I don't, again, obviously know sort of privately what he is thinking. But I wonder if in, in sort of his thought process that these are just career politicians continuing to go after someone who is trying to clean up the mess that they have made of Jefferson City and that it makes sense in his head that they would do this because he they don't like what he is doing. And there are still supporters of him who believe that he is doing a good job at cleaning up sort of business as usual from both Democratic and Republican governors of the past in Jefferson City and that this is just a natural response by the political class. But to an outside observer, yes, if you have lost the response, the support of the state Senate, the state House, the attorney general, um, and as, as uh, my colleagues Joe Manis and Jason Rosenbaum often point out, the House leadership generally had a better relationship with him than the Senate leadership. So him losing um, – Richardson and Todd Richardson's support and the support of his of Richardson's deputies was a lot more significant. So the most immediate next step is going to be Al Watkins, the attorney. 
uh, for the husband of the woman in this case. Uh, Going to his deposition his, on, Monday. On, on Monday. And we may get a ruling on this motion for Gardner to disqualify herself in the second criminal case. There are these regularly scheduled Monday, Thursday hearings just uh, sort of as an air traffic control measure, I think. Oh, so, oh, this, and the skies are filled with planes in this particular case. A lot case. of planes. Rachel Littman, thank you so much for being with us and bringing us up to speed. Complicated story, but you explained it very well. Thank we you. We try to do my best. Thank you, Don. Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio, taking us behind the headlines. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.